I'm your host, Michelle, also known as Petey, and in today's mini-episode, we are featuring Hennessy, one of the most popular brands in the world. And if you happen to be new to the podcast, I don't know, maybe you are, I'll give you a quick little introduction to what these mini-episodes are all about. So pretty much, they're shorter versions of regular episodes. You get only me, I know that sucks, but we feature mini bottles. So those little airplane size bottles that you find in your hotel room that cost like $20 if you drink one of them versus going to the liquor store that costs like $2.99. And you're like, why the hell would I pay the $20 if I can just walk down the street to the liquor store and buy? Anyway, not that we're staying in hotels right now very much anyways. <laughs> I just don't understand why they're so expensive in a hotel, but whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not angry about it. <laughs> But these little mini bottles typically get our larger brands that are a little bit more widely available versus the stuff that I may feature in the larger episodes. So I thought this is a really good way to get in touch of the brands that people are familiar with. And Hennessy is definitely one that a lot of people are very familiar with. But before we get into that, let's go over some listener emails. The one I got this week is from Captain Drachma, and it actually wasn't a email directly. It was sent to me through the Polykill Discord. And if you're not familiar, this podcast is part of the Polykill Network. And this network has many other cool podcasts like Tales of Lesser Medium, Polykill Podcast, Drunk Friend Podcast. So if you want to come hang out and send me fun messages about what to put on these podcasts, join our Patreon, come join our Discord. There's links in the description, anyhow. Enough of that shtick. <laughs> so Captain Drachma writes, just finished your vodka episode. Good job. Thank you. If you ever want a guest nobody knows or cares about to talk about vodka with, I'm your guy. LOL. But I did have a question. I know there are several drinks that have ingredients that call for different kinds of alcohol. I've always heard that mixing alcohol while drinking in general will make you have a bad time. Example, like puking slash hangover. I feel like I have experienced this on multiple occasions as well. How much validity is there to this statement? Are we actually safer if we drink one type of alcohol? Well, excellent question, Captain Drachma. And this one gets really, there's a lot of misconceptions out there in terms of liquor before beer, you get even sicker, or liquor before beer, you're in the clear, beer before liquor, you get even sicker. I think that's the saying. I'm probably butchering that, but who cares? (laughs) So that theory does not make sense (laughs) at all. For example, your body metabolizes alcohol at like pretty much the same rate. So if you're starting off drinking beer, Number one, beer is at a lower alcohol level than liquor is. Of course, it's like, let's say it's 5% alcohol. Plus, it's that carbonation, which adds an added effect whenever you're metabolizing that alcohol. You can drink a lot more beers and not feel as drunk than if you were drinking just shots of liquor. But... But what mostly happens is you start off with beer, start drinking some beers, and then your friends are like, shots, shots, shots. So then you get a round of shots, you take a couple shots, and that variation in the alcohol, it almost like it tricking your body because of the different 
alcohol percentage. So that extra bit of alcohol will metabolize much slower in your body than the beer, which will cause you to have that hangover because your body is freaking out with the different levels of alcohol. Like I said, with also beer, carbonated drinks like beer, sparkling wines, for example, tend to irritate the lining of the stomach, which increases the rate of alcohol absorption. So starting with a beer, then adding wine or liquor may conceivably lead to intoxication more quickly just because it's fussing up with your stomach. (laughs) What really matters most is how much alcohol is consumed and whether or not it's combined with any other foods to help the metabolism, which slows absorption and minimizes sickness. makes sense. Again, I'm not a nutritionist. Uh, This information is what I have learned over the years through educational programs and such. I'm not a doctorate in any stretch of the imagination. But there was a really good article about this in the New York Times. Oh, this was like a couple years ago, and I'll put a link to it in the description that is much more clarifying and explaining how the body metabolizes alcohol. And it's really about how much alcohol you are consuming versus the different kinds, because the body sees it as alcohol is alcohol. It's just the different levels and how much your body can consume. Whew. (laughs) Now, let's start consuming some alcohol and see where that gets us. (laughs) Let's talk about Hennessy. So for the longest time, I had no idea what Hennessy was. I thought, I mean, I thought Hennessy was just a thing on its own. I had no idea that, like, I mean, this is like years before I started getting into spirits, but I just had no idea. Funny story. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, uh, this is probably going to look bad on me, but whenever I was bartending, my one of my first bartending jobs, I was working at a tequila bar and it had snowed. So the restaurant had to close for like three days in a row. And that kills your business, especially your sales in restaurants. So in order to supplement that, what we did is we had happy hour from four to closing. And as a bartender, that sucked so hard. I mean, you're getting a lot of volume and such, but for the drinks have price. Oh, it was just it was the most. And we did it for a straight week happy hour from four to close. And I think that was probably one of the worst weeks of my life. But during that week, (laughs) you get all sorts of different kind of people who come to happy hours and such. It's not just like the regular crowd who are looking for tequila and that kind of craft cocktail, which the restaurant was really known for. Not to say this is bad, but okay, so I'm going to talk bad about this for a second. So this guy comes in to the bar. Again, we're tequila bar. But we have Hennessy. I know we have Hennessy. The Hennessy is right behind me. It's seven o'clock. Happy hour is blazing. I am in the weeds. It's not even funny. He comes up to the bar, leans over, and with his girl around his arm, he goes, Hennessy and Coke. And I look him straight in the eye and I said, We don't have that. <laughs> and he's like, You don't? I'm like, No. <laughs> I was just like not in the mood. I'm like, I can't believe you're coming to a tequila bar and you're ordering Hennessy. I was like, I just hit a wall and I was like, I can't do this. But so that made that made me makes me a terrible bartender, which is fine. I no longer bartend. So (laughs) whatever. But I'll never forget that moment that (sighs) Hennessy. Why? (laughs) I didn't I, I didn't understand. I mean, 
Hennessy is, I think, one of the most recognizable brands in the world. For the longest time, before the early 2000s, nobody knew what it was. Then all of a sudden, the, the early 2000s hit and rap and hip hop culture really start to recognize and promote Hennessy, Remy Martin, Covassier as them saying they've made it in the industry. So if you listen to like, um, I think it was a like some P. Diddy songs from like year 2000 and such. So he talks about past the Cavassier. That's not P. Diddy, but past the Cavassier and, and things like that. It really started to promote the brand. And Hennessy, Remy Martin, and Cavassier's sales started to go through the roof. I mean, those three brands alone make for almost 80% of the market for cognac. I mean, so they almost have a pure monopoly, which kind of sucks for the little guy because there's not much available out there. I mean, how can you compete when you're getting advertisement from popular culture like that? So that's really wow. Hennessy became so recognizable. So look at me right now. I have made it with my little bottle of Hennessy in my hand. Woo, look at me go. So when was actually Hennessy started then? Well, Hennessy is from Cognac. Cognac is in France. And the founder of Hennessy is Irish. <laughs> Richard Hennessy, who is the founding father of the Hennessy Corporation, was an Irish officer and businessman. He is from County Cork, Ireland. And he served in France during one of his military campaigns really liked it, got money he earned from his military career, started to invest in some cognac. But whenever he'd go back to Ireland, because he, he was like one of those bosses who like said, oh, I'm going to start you over here, but I'm going to be at home in Ireland running the business. He didn't have that much success. But due to his Jacobite political tendencies, he was actually exiled from Ireland. And so then he just went to France and then started to managed the business from France, where he started to have a lot more success. So that's how pretty much it started. I mean, like, then it goes from, like, generation to generation, all the way down to, like, during the 1970s. That's when they started to merge with Moet Chandon, which created Moet Hennessy, which is a very big brand. And then Moet Hennessy merged with Louis Vuitton in 1987, creating one of the largest luxury brands, conglomerates in the world, which is LVMH. So Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy. And that's pretty much it. So what is cognac besides being brown? <laughs> well, the process, cognac is distilled grape juice in pretty much. <laughs> they take white grapes, uni blanc specifically, turn it into wine at about 8 to 9% alcohol, distill it twice, then they put it into limousine oak for a set amount of years. So the processed cognac actually means when they start to put it into oak. So before it is aged in oak, the spirit is also known as eau de vie. So you can make eau de vie out of grapes, blueberries, strawberries. You see it a lot in like Italy where there are like fruit wines, like grappa and such. Cognac is also an AOC, so only a specific region in France and of course, you have to abide by their specific rules. Can you call it cognac? So you can't make cognac in like South Africa or India. 
or something like that. It has to be, if it says cognac on there, it has to be from cognac. So cognac is also known for placing its age grade on the label. So this mini bottle, for example, says very special, and it is very special indeed. (laughs) Very special is actually an age designation. So typically it says VS on there versus very special, but Hennessy likes to be special. So the blend in the bottle is the youngest brandy that has been aged for at least two years in cast. So very special means the youngest. It's aged for about two years. Then we go to VSOP, very superior old pale or reserve, designates a blend in which the youngest brandy is aged for four years. So the youngest in the in the bottle is four years. And you can have older ages in that blend. But if you have a four-year aged one, it's a VSOP. Then we get into Napoleon, and that the youngest has to be six years. Then we get into XO, extra old, minimum 10 years. And then XXO, which is super duper extra old. And that has to be aged at least 14 years. And then there's even this one, which I just learned about researching this. It's called hors de age, beyond age, was designates it states that it is equal to XO. But in practice, the term is used by producers to market a high quality product beyond the age statement scale which is bonkers to me. And those bottles are things that I will never be able to afford. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> Most of the name grades are in English on the bottles since cognac trade, especially in the 18th century, was significantly involved with the British. Hennessy's owner was Irish and, you know, part of the United Kingdom at some point. Or it was taken over by Britain at some point in its history. So that has a lot to do with the label being in English. But enough of that. Enough of that boring stuff about age statements and stuff. Let's let's see what this tastes like. <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> so by the color, it looks like a whiskey. Nice and brown. Good, clear notes to it. It's not foggy at all. Let's give it a good nose. Oh, man, that smells of apples. Like very, very pronounced apples. Kind of a ripe apple, too, like a cooked apple. Mm. I love the smell of cognac. I mean, I love the smell of most liquors, I feel like. I I don't know. I just feel like I could smell liquor all day. (laughs) Yeah, lots of pronounced apple notes, maybe a little bit of pear, but a very ripe pear. These are more riper fruit notes. Let's give it a little taste. Wow, I can definitely feel the alcohol in that. What is the alcohol level in this? 40%. Whew! I definitely feel the alcohol in it, which is very typical for VS. You get... That kind of burn. Not as much apple fruit notes. I get it a little bit on the finish, but it's quite bright. That woke me up. It's, I would not say for sipping, <laughs> for at least for me. I mean, this podcast is all about being honest, right? So this definitely has a burn to it. Probably one of the highest burns, except for vodka, um, <laughs> alcohol that I've had so far. The flavors are really nice. But in terms of sipping, I definitely don't think I would want to sip this or continue to sip this. Not my favorite cognac I've ever had. If I wanted to sip this, I would probably go for more VSOP or even an XO if you can afford it because they start to get pretty expensive. I mean, some cognacs are some of the most expensive things in the world, like uh, Louis Thirteenth cognac. It's made in a hand-blown Lalique glass that is aged, I think it's like 
14 years or 20 years, something ridiculous like that. And those bottles can cost up to $1,200, at least, at least. Some cognacs are in the seven-figure range even. So it becomes really quite ridiculous. I mean, a lot of it has to do with, like, Lalique is a very high-end glass brand. Having it made by those high-end glass brands will definitely bump up the price more, but they will age them much longer in oak, which, you know, that's your investment sitting there for 20 years to be in a bottle, then it better be in a nice freaking vessel. So this one, VS, again, youngest one in the glass is going to be two years. That's just one of the blend. So you can have many different years into this. And what they'll do is they'll blend different ages in order to get a consistent product every single year because your quality of grapes is going to be different so you want to be able to blend to make your product consistent because it's all about brand consistency let's see if uh, another taste my opinion changes second sip i'd like a little bit more i would get a little bit more fruitier notes to it but again i'm probably not going to sip this after i'm done with this recording what i will do though with this is make one of my favorite cocktails of all time it's a sidecar And some people make sidecars with bourbon, and I think they're crazy. Like, I think bourbon is a little bit too rich. I like something like this where it has a bit more fruity notes to it. Even if I don't like this Hennessy one as much, I think cognac in general is the liquor to use in a sidecar. So how do you make a sidecar? An ounce and a half of cognac, three quarters of an ounce of orange liqueur, like orange curacao, Cointreau, Grand Marnier. Grand Marnier is even better because it comes from cognac as well, so... (laughs) might as well. Three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice. Take the glass you are going to pour the cocktail in, rub a little lemon juice on it, and then dip the glass into sugar. And so you have a sugared rim. Take your mixture, fill it with ice, stir until chilled, and then pour that into the sugar-rimmed glass. And voila! (laughs) Pretty much four ingredients. I guarantee you, you'll never have a better cocktail. (laughs) Okay, maybe you will. But it's one of my favorite classic cocktails. And I feel like everybody should have them have if you were a cocktail lover, everyone should have a good sidecar at least once in your life. So whenever you are able to go back into bars, go to a really nice one and ask for a sidecar and go go nuts. Or, you know, you go to a bar and you have that crappy bartender like I was and you try to order a sidecar and they look at you and you go, no, we don't have Hennessy. (laughs) Because I'm a stubborn bitch and didn't want to because we were working at a tequila bar. What do you want from me? (laughs) So that's a little bit about Hennessy. I hope you learned a little something. I mean, for the longest time, I didn't know what Hennessy was, that it was even cognac. But so at least there's that out there now. Give the little mini bottle a trial. Maybe you like it more than I do, but I definitely prefer their VSOP over their VS. There are some brands that I do like their VS, so it's not just because it's a younger age statement. It's, I'm just not a fan of this particular VS. And you know what? That's okay. (laughs) You can find me on Twitter at PD's Power Hour, or you can email me your questions, comments, or concerns at pdspowerhour at gmail.com. I'll link that in the description as well. So many links in this description. And if you like what you've heard here, head over to polykill.com where you can find more podcasts like this one. And if you want to help out the show, please rate and review on your preferred listening application. Just takes one hot second and it really helps us out. Thank you so much. Drink well, my friends.